Welcome to the Digital Families Podcast. I'm Leonie Smith, sometimes known as the Cyber Safety Lady. I'm a cyber safety educator and this podcast is all about learning how to use the digital technology in our homes with more safety and balance. My guest today is Trisha Munn from Eyes Open Social Media Safety. Trisha has just one goal, to protect school-aged children, families and adults from the widespread dangers that exist on social media networks. Through personal experience and years of diligent research and investigation, Trisha has identified critical problems in the security functions provided on all major social media platforms. Trisha's dream is to help every family keep their children safe on social media while they are still able to enjoy the tremendous relationships to be had online. Girl after my own heart. Trisha, welcome to the Digital Families Podcast. Thanks, Leonie. Thanks for having me. Oh, you're very welcome. <laughs> Tell us a little bit about your background, Trisha. What led you to being involved in cyber safety and launching Eyes Open Social Media Safety? Yeah. Well, at the time, um, I was working with social media. I had done several courses on using social media for marketing purposes. Mm. Um, and social media was sort of, yes, yeah, still a bit of an emerging thing. But I had teenage children who um, we had recently moved and um, they wanted to keep in, in touch with their friends on social media. So I was doing a lot of research to uh, protect my children before I let them use social media. Um, so it was something that always sort of bothered me. And every time I went to any information about um, social media and cyber safety, I always walked away feeling quite um, scared and uh, more concerned than empowered. I never felt like I was given the tools to actually be able to protect my children. So I was doing a lot of the manual work myself. Um, then I um, woke up one morning, read the, the media, and there was a case about a, a young lady who had been murdered by somebody that she'd met on social media. And I followed that case quite intently and um, did, a, did a lot of research into that case. I went to a friend of mine who um, was a police officer in the UK and was on the first um, Crimes Against Children task force that was enabled in the UK. Um, and together we did a case study and we, and we looked at how things had evolved and how things had happened for this young lady. And then we worked out that the, the biggest problem was the amount of information that was easily accessible about her on her social media accounts, um, which enabled her killer to uh, groom her very, very quickly. So what we then did was we ran, um, we did a whole stack of case studies, all the things that were going wrong on social media, all the ways that kids were being hurt. And what we discovered was the main missing ingredient um, for to keep kids safe is the lack of knowledge around the privacy and security settings or the lack of privacy and security settings on some social media sites, but the lack of knowledge how to use them if they are there. So that's mm. what we built um, the business on was creating um, testing and retesting and um, searching and um, and then retesting all of the, the settings on the social media sites to see how private we could make an account and how much we could protect kids. So that's the background of how we got to doing what we're doing. Mm. Um, 
And from there, we've just uh, we've always focused on the privacy and security settings, and um, and then the education to get people to understand that they need to use those. So yeah. you've run a lot of workshops, um, Tricia, where you actually yeah. show people how to set those up. How, how long ago was that that you? Um, that was actually uh, we've just had our eighth birthday, so it was the um, first workshop was actually on the twenty sixth of April, uh, two thousand and twelve. So we've just had our birthday. So. What have you noticed during that time since you started um, working on the settings? Because um, I started in 2011, just before you, with very similar um, rationale around why I was interested in it. Um, and we probably have come to the same conclusion. But what have you noticed since then, particularly about the social media platforms and yeah. their um, responsibility for privacy and security settings on them? Oh look, I, I think the um, the their responsibility. I don't think that's their aim. I think they they put um, settings in place purely because the the market is demanding it. Um, but I think that social media is there to create a space for people to be able to broadcast their opinions and their content um, and give people the space to be able to connect. Um, the settings, I think, are in place, you know, as I said, for, because we're demanding that, that, that they are there. And on some security, on, on some social media sites, this privacy and security is actually really good if you, if you can work out how to use it. But the main aim for the social media site is to get things flowing, to keep things open, to make um, a space where people can um, read about information without the blocks. So they're not going to they're not going to set it by default. You know, like I think a lot of people sort of think that the settings should be set by default. And I think that you know, that whilst that's a great idea, that sort of defeats the purpose of the company that's trying to make money through the flowing free-flowing information. So I think as a a user, we need to take that responsibility on our own shoulders. So as far as the responsibility goes, um, what have I noticed about the settings is that those major social media sites that we're using, the um, privacy and security, let's take Facebook as an example, has actually not changed very much. All it changes almost every week, because I take screenshots every week and have to update my content every week, mm. is the way it's worded. But the actual settings themselves really actually don't change very much at all. So, That's right. And they put things in different places. <laughs> yeah, they put things in different places. And I think, I think, you know, let's do a bit of myth busting. Is that all right? Can I hijack this uh, yeah, podcast sure. for a moment? Um, a bit of myth busting is one of the things that I hear all the time is that my privacy settings popped open when Facebook didn't update. Mm. No, they that didn't. Happens. You didn't have them set properly in the first place. Yeah. So if you set your privacy settings um, properly, they stay in place. I know they did that once and an update uh, might have been 2010, something like that, and got fined enormous yeah. amounts of money for doing it where they actually did an update and reversed all the settings and had everything public and it was such a huge thing. Um, yeah. And as far as I'm aware, they haven't done that since. So yeah. you're exactly no. right. That is, that is a myth that I hear as well, that yeah. <laughs> everything. Yeah, it's, a, it's a, a regular thing. And I think, yeah. you know, one of the stories I always tell people is um, 
yeah, they, they think that suddenly all of the posts started being done publicly and what usually has actually happened, I, I can usually pinpoint, I say, okay, let's have a look at when it started being public. Oh, look at that, you're at Suncorp Stadium with 50,000 other people and the reception would have been really low because the towers weren't quite getting your stuff. So yeah. I think people post in a, in a low reception area and the, your settings don't have time to connect with the the uh, social media site. So they um, go to default settings and then yeah, you continue to post to your they've last. Checked in pub, they've checked in publicly somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. And, so it's always a, yeah. yeah, there's always a, you can, you can target it and you can pinpoint it. Yeah. See, I'm, all, I'm, I, I'm always on the side of the consumer um, and I'm always uh, probably foolishly hoping that, that these companies will improve and make things easier for the consumer. Yeah. Because if you compare it to other industries uh, as a consumer, um, buying a car, for instance, you don't buy a, car, a new car and get told, well, this car isn't really all that safe until you get under the hood and you fiddle around with this and fiddle around with that. And, you know, screw yeah. this. Like, I know nothing about cars, Tricia, that's obvious. But... <laughs> But I think there's a, there's a mental, um, you know, there's a mindset that consumers have that when you, when you sign up for things or when you, when you buy something, that there's a guarantee of safety. And certainly yeah. there never has been with the internet and partly that's because of growth, of wanting them, of, of the internet, um, wanting to grow, like you were saying, you know, before about... Yeah. Um, how the social media companies don't want to put all these locks in place yeah. to encourage. And I, th and I think we've had this conversation. I think we've actually had this conversation because as soon as you started talking about that, I started thinking about myself walking up a mountain one day, I think with my headphones in and having a bit of a chat to you. And mm. I, I remember you saying about um, the expectation of um, safety and, and I totally agree with you. However, I think as a consumer... I think we we need to take that responsibility ourselves. Like we, I, I I don't get in my car. I also don't get in my car and just, you know. Yes, I do assume that the car itself is safe, but I still take measures myself to make sure that I'm doing everything yeah. to make sure I'm as safe as possible as yes. well. Yeah, my my car is designed to move at speed. You know, I, I'm not going to put my foot to the floor and expect I'm still yeah. going to be safe. You know, it's yes. There's still things that we have to do and there's still, you know, checks that we need to take, I think. Yeah, that's right. I, I agree with you on that. You can't just jump onto it. But there's something about uh, these devices in our homes that make people who use them feel like they don't have to do those things. Yeah. They are safe in their home. And I think, I don't know, do you think it's got something to do with... Um, being the first generation, I suppose, of, of humans to have these devices. We don't have our parents to look for for that sort of historical um, sense of, of it not necessarily being safe straight out of the box. Yeah. Look, Leonie, an interesting observation that I've made, um, and I, was, I, I talked about it a lot at the beginning of the year, is that... When I started in 2012, I found myself pushing uphill, getting people to understand that they need to start looking at safety, you know, rather than because people were getting on Facebook and just using it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, back then it was just Facebook. It wasn't Instagram and Snapchat and whatnot had been introduced, but they weren't what they are today. 
So back then it was really about Facebook predominantly and then, you know, there was MySpace and other ones around, but that, that was where it was at. People were getting on there and they were using it very freely and they were posting their information very freely. And I found myself having to convince people that this could be a dangerous thing. Hmm. Then towards, yeah, sort of last year, I found um, at the beginning of last year, I posted a post about going back to school. Uh, and I think you've seen it and I think you've actually shared it for me as well, oh, yes, where yeah. I've grayscaled, I've covered the logo, I've looked at the background. And an observation that I made was that last year, first term, first day of school last year, the response to that post was very, very supportive and people really getting that this is safety, we need to share this and, and people were very, very supportive of the post. I posted that exact same post this year on the same day, first day of school. I reshared yeah. it again and the response was really interesting. This year, I think I would have got 50-50. 50% of people were absolutely, we're, you know, we're worried, we're concerned, we're, we're making sure that we're thinking about our safety and the other 50% were very critical and saying, fear-mongering, you know, we don't need to worry about this, who's going to look at our kids, etc. So I think that it's almost like we were relaxed, got it, or almost got it, you know, started to get it, and then we've gone back to relaxed. And I really wonder whether that is a kids who grew up with digital technology now coming through as the next range of parents young parents with young children going into primary school does that make sense yeah it does it's so going off on a different tangent there, no no like no I'm... that's really interesting because i i do love that post that that you put up and i did share it and i saw the same thing trisha i saw quite yeah. a few comments under my sharing of your posts saying this is ridiculous. Why do we have to hide all this stuff? Why can't I just post for those that uh, don't know the post that we're talking about? It's a post of a child in school uniform with all sorts of, um, correct me if I'm wrong here, Tricia, but it's got instructions about the things that you need to do to make that secure yeah. so that if you are really sharing... Really easy steps. Yeah, so if you're sharing a picture of your child on their first day back at school, um, don't put these identifying things with this post to protect your child's um, security and privacy online. And the and on my own sharing of that on my page, I got a similar type of thing happening, Trish, with people really, um, some people really upset. I almost sort of offended that um, we are suggesting these things. It's almost yeah. like, as you were saying, they're concerned about fear mongering. They don't know why that should happen. And one of the things that I often, point out to children and to adults about this type of protecting our privacy and our private information, which I think isn't emphasis emphasized enough, is that it's not really about the fact that somebody can go to your child's school after seeing where they go to school and what, you know, where they yeah. live and kidnap them. It, that's the least likely thing that's going to happen. It's actually yeah. about using that information to then be able to connect with that child to pretend to be someone within yeah. that child's family or circle of friends. The more yeah. information, and this is exactly what you're talking about before to build about trust. social media. That's right. They use that information, and that's what you were saying before about um, the young girl that you uh, were initially inspired by 
that had all that information about her online, yeah. how easy it is for predators to use the available information that we, some of us don't even know is up there about us to convince us to do something because we feel we know the person or we should trust them because of the way they approach us. Yeah. And it just gives, I think it gives um, the, you know, it gives the information that they can use to groom a child. And, yeah, and as you say, the grooming is not necessarily to turn up at their school, or sorry, it's probably not these days. You know, very rare would they turn up at the school. Mm. But it's more about, you know, getting information that could be used to manipulate that child and to make the child feel you know, fear if, you know, one of the massive things that we both know is happening at the moment is children are taking inappropriate photos of themselves and sending them to to people um, that they don't know. And, you know, we both know that there is probably no child in the world that would do that willingly. Um, you know, not not uh, little little people. They are being manipulated into that by the information that is being used, the information that I'm able to find out about you to say, hey, I'm going to embarrass you in front of this person or I'm going to go to your parents or I'm going to, you know, and the, the threats and the manipulation around the information yeah. that they can find out. So it's mm. it's not about fear-mongering. It's, it's, and it's not about don't share your children, don't, don't you know, celebrate their, their milestones. But what it is about is you don't have to give away so much information when you do share your children and it doesn't need to be publicly it can be to the people that you really care about and that really care about you so always um a risk even when you're sharing amongst your friends that someone's going to do the wrong thing though and take absolutely and share it on there was a, a very famous incident that happened and got turned into a meme um this grumpy baby meme because some parents sh shared a cute photo of their baby sitting on a swing with a real grumpy face with fists up and one yeah. of their friends screenshot it sent it around i can't even remember what the meme was now but you can look it up on google it went absolutely yeah. viral without their permission and they could never wow. take it down because wow. and it was just some guy that they knew that turned it into a meme so yeah. i mean it's very it, it's probably quite rare that that happens but it's yeah I sometimes wonder, Trish, about this whole um, mentality that, that we've all got into about sharing these things on social media and why it is that as parents that we feel the need, and some parents do, don't do this at all and some parents do it a lot, that whole sharenting thing that goes on yeah. with parents who have to share every little triumph yeah. about their child online and i imagine that before social media happened they were the bragger in the group you know that would yeah. <laughs> turn up but show. i think there's i think there's even more i mean leone you know i've got a little one uh you know i'm second round of parenting i've got my adult children and decided i'd go back for another round um for you <laughs> yeah, yeah for me so yes. i've got my little my little cuddle person in the house still um mm. you know she's and, and I have to say, I do feel this round of parenting, I feel a lot more, um, I'm so much more relaxed about parenting, but I do, I see other people talking about, you know, their good parenting and you kind of want to get in on the action. You kind of want to, you know, yeah, my kid's awesome too, you know, and I yeah. think that it's become such a, 
I don't remember, you know, we didn't have the tools back when my older children were, were little. And, and I remember my little, my, my oldest actually saying to me, she did something funny once and I laughed my head off and she said, oh, don't ring grandma and tell her. <laughs> that was my Facebook. It was always there. I can yeah. remember at one yeah. stage with my boys catching myself at some point away on a holiday and thinking, oh, my God, my friends must be so bored of les listening to me talk about how wonderful my kids are. And yeah. I wasn't sharing anything about them on social media, but it was like I just had to understand I love my kids. I think they're amazing, but not everybody is that interested, to be honest. Yeah. And then by the time yeah. I got onto social media, um, like you, I've got two gener generations of, of kids, stepchildren. Yeah. I knew enough about it to say, hang on, wind this back. I'm not doing this on social media because I've yeah. been on in the internet for so long running platforms. By the time yeah. that level of social media came along, I just, I could see what was going to happen and I wouldn't yeah. share anything about them at all. And there is a bit of resentment sometimes from people around you when you're not a sharer. And perhaps maybe somebody wants to share something and your child's involved. And I hear this quite a lot. Do you hear this with parents coming up and telling you after a talk or something, I have a friend of mine who just shared all these pictures of my child on social media and they won't take it down. Yeah. Yeah. There was actually um, somewhere along the line, I can't even remember. Sorry about that. Um, I can't remember what um, what the blogger was, but there was a blogger that actually bragged about her daughter saying, please stop sharing my life. Oh, yeah. And she, she bragged about um, the fact that she wasn't, no, I'm going to keep sharing. That's what I do and that's what I'm going to keep doing. And you know, I just, I, I, yes, I do hear that from parents all the time, but I also, um, you know, I think we need to listen to our children as well. I do. I do actually share um, funny stories about my little one, you know, cute things that she said and yeah. and it's always, you know, the, not embarrassing, funny stuff, you know, like it's nice stuff, but I don't share photos with it. It's a story. Yeah, so I did, um, I had one photo of, a, of an event that I was at um, that had, and the only photo I had of this event, and I wanted to talk about the event and I wanted to share a photo, the only photo I had had my little one in it, so I blurred her face. Yeah. <laughs> somebody said, <laughs> I posted it and somebody said, hey, is the person in the middle in witness, witness protection? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I said, kind of. <laughs> She's in mummy protection. Because I don't, ha I don't have the right to share her, her photos. She's not old enough to. That's how See, I See, that, that's another argument I hear all the time with parents feeling they do have the right. So one, yeah. one of the things that I always say to parents is you need to be able to take it down. If something happens yeah. and your child comes to you and they are now doing that, there are a generation of kids that are now going to their parents and saying, all that stuff that you posted about me online, I want it taken off now. I don't want that yeah. stuff up there. And it could be they just feel their personal space is invaded, they're embarrassed by it. But it also could be in the future that they, they have a position in life where they can't afford yeah. to have that stuff up there anymore. They want to create their own experience online, their own identity. And the way that they were presented by their parents isn't the way that they want people to see them. And I think yeah. absolutely they have a right. And if you can't take that stuff down, you've got yeah. so well, much stuff yeah. up there. See, most people, the way that they use social media, and this is so this actually, this very thing inspired a course that I've uh, I created. 
um, around new parents because one of the things that I realised was most people, if they do want to take stuff about themselves or about their children down, it is actually a very, very long and arduous task to do because of the way that they share on, on social media. So what we created was a course for new parents who want to share the journey of their child but want to be able to, like that, switch it off. So we've now set up a course on setting up your the, the, the basic setup of your account and then how to post moving along so that you can get in there and pull it down in one go. So, and it's it was a really, it was a, it was a fun course to create um, yeah. and um, I haven't done anywhere near the amount of marketing on it that I should have done, but I have, I've done it with some people and it's so amazing for people to feel like I can They've share the journey with my friends. Yeah. I'm protecting my children along the way and if I need to take, you know, if something happens and I suddenly need to, I don't have to switch off my whole Facebook account I can, or, yeah. or my whole social media account, I can get that information down or locked up very quickly. So yeah, I've, it's an unusual thing that happens, but one of the things that can happen is that you become a target for someone. And I've had clients um, yeah. where a family has been targeted. A whole family was targeted yeah. by a disgruntled person within their social media circle. And then all of a sudden that family had to lock everything down yeah. and take everything offline. Um, yeah. And this person kept had had kept all these photos and videos of this family and kept posting them up disfigured on platforms creating new accounts it was an absolute nightmare That's so it's like terrible. any kind i know it's like but it's like any kind of insurance that you need yeah. to think about hopefully it will never happen to you that you will never be targeted by a scammer or a hacker or a blackmailer or someone like that yeah but if you were what do you need to know to be able to protect yourself and your family? Because it's not just yeah. you. And you don't see, like that's what I always say to people, you don't see that stuff coming. You, you're, you're not going to see it coming. You, you no. can, something can happen in your life. You could, you could run a business and have a disgruntled um, client and you don't or see it coming. But somebody who wants to take you down, a competitor yeah. who wants to take you down. Yeah. A big one that we see on a regular basis is a, um, a breakup of a, a relationship and one targets the other and suddenly, you know, the, the amount of information that they're trying to get or whatever and the people in that panicky moment of going, oh, I need to protect myself because this is actually getting really dangerous. It is really, really hard to do in retrospect, whereas if you take some precautions along the way and if you're just smart about it, you can really mm. enjoy social media but have that protective behaviour that allows you to, A, not give away all your personal details and your every movement so that people can yeah. target you and exploit you. But secondly, if you need to move stuff around or change the settings or whatever, that it's easy. You know, you can, you can change the audience or eliminate danger much quicker if you're set up to do so early. Yeah, it's really changed, hasn't it, Tricia, from yeah, the yes. early days of social media where you would just send a friend request to everybody that you knew, accept yeah. a friend request from everyone you knew, post yeah. all everything about your own, you know, personal thoughts and all, and all that kind of stuff. And unfortunately, through, you know, experience and things happening to other people and to yourself, um, a lot of people have started to shut down accounts and to keep things quite do things quite differently and choose which yeah. social media accounts they have public and which yeah. 
social media they have to themselves and all that kind of stuff. So um, do you have any final words of advice? We've talked about some really interesting things in this talk today that we haven't, I haven't covered before in podcasts about sharing and about personal security around those around social media and all those sort of things. Is there anything that's popping up for you at the moment that you really think people need to be more aware of? Yeah, yeah, actually, Leonie, I'm really keen to um, highlight at the moment the um, live videos that young people are doing in isolation. So there's two things that I've really um, been focusing on in the last few weeks because of the isolation and COVID. Um, the kids are, are at home, they've got a lot more time and there's a lot of live videos happening and one of the things that is happening in those live videos is tiny little bits of information are being given away without kids realising. Um, a quick example of one was a young lady talking to the camera and she was asked, what time is it where you are? And the moment she told the time, I went, she's on the east coast of Australia. So you, was, you and so the person who was asking the question might have been thinking the same yeah. thing and the person who was asking the question was actually i think um you read my blog on this um the person that was asking the question was in a group of three and they would have taken maybe a minute two minutes to work out where that time frame was and then the, their questions changed to things about australia it was really interesting so so lives are one that i really think we need to highlight um are your children doing lives? What's in the background and what are they giving away because they're being asked on the fly and they're worrying about what they look like rather than being careful of their information? And, and which platforms are you seeing that on, Tricia? Oh, TikTok's huge. TikTok is huge at the moment. Um, and um, It's mainly it's, TikTok that we're seeing is in that age group, isn't it? Yeah. Well, TikTok's actually every age group now. It's It oh, used yeah. to be. Like <laughs> it was true. so... It, you know, the, even the young adults and the and the really young kids, TikTok is massive with everyone right now. Um, and Instagram also. Included. Sorry? <laughs> grannies uh, included. Yeah, grannies included. And even, uh, you know, I've got a TikTok. I was going to do the... <laughs> oh, I the, know. The, I saw that. You're just so cool, Tricia. I'm practising. <laughs> I'm going to get there. I'm going to get my TikTok on. Um, and the second thing that is, is really um, I think we need to highlight is any app that has um, maps or location available on the, on the app, kids need to be really, really, really careful about the activities they engage in. So um, let's highlight Snapchat for that one. Mm -hmm. Snapchat had a um, treasure hunt or an Easter egg hunt on um, on Easter and to collect the eggs and compete with your friends, you had to show your friends where you were on the map. So I'm eye-rolling. You can't see me, but I'm eye-rolling. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so where are we all at the moment? We are all at home. I blow up that map. You know, I know where you live. Um, so... That was, so that was really important. And the other one is the shout-out for shout-outs. So I'm actually writing a blog on that one today. Um, mm -hmm. Shout-out for shout-outs is um, happening on Snapchat where kids are trying to get more followers. Yeah. And um, the aim is to get as many people as they can on their map. So um, to do that, 
everybody has to everybody be showing where to, they are. And where are we right now? Sorry. So everybody has to enable it in order to do yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. So they off ghost mode. Yeah. So it's um. So the maps are ser seriously concerning because everybody is at home. You are giving away your home address. It is way more unsafe than than when we're you know at school or out and about. That the level of safety is, you know, or the level of danger, sorry, is even more than it usually is. And I don't think we're going to see enough of the ramifications of this right now because yeah. we are safely at home. But I think the I think we will be seeing the fallout of all this location sharing and all the information that's been shared over this time. I think we're going to see a massive fallout over that in the next in the coming months as we start moving around again. Well, the e-safety commissioner has just come out recently and reported that there was something like a 50, was it 50? 50% 50 increase in reports from children yeah. about all kinds of stuff going on online, particularly cyberbullying. And it's just because they're all online and they're all, yeah. a lot of them are largely unsupervised while they're doing that. And you can understand that from parents that they, if their kids are online, you know, 10 times more than they normally would be to sit with a child during that whole time when they're using the internet for study and for communicating with each other is impossible. You can't ask any parent to do that. Yeah. Um, and all the best monitoring software in the world doesn't um, allow you to see some things or to know some things. Yeah. Well, all of the um, reporting um, functions aren't working properly at the moment either because they are inundated with, A, they're inundated with content, but B, they've got half their staff off in yes. lockdown. So they can't manage that. So there is inappropriate content getting through a lot, in abundance to kids. I'm hearing about it all the time at the moment. Yeah. yeah. Well, it looks like uh, you would hope that this would be a harbinger for a lot of these platforms and companies to actually do something about it. And that probably yeah. means ramping up their AI to get it working more efficiently because they can't poss possibly employ enough people to be able yeah. to do it. We well, that's what they've found is the fall, the fall down here is the, yeah. the people, the manpower not being able to be there because of, their, um, because of lockdown. The, you know, they, they do need AI. That's right. You got anything positive that you've noticed in the past? <laughs> I was actually hoping point. you were going to ask that. So what can we do? What can we do as parents? Um, yes. So, yeah, what can, we, what can we do? What are some steps that we can take? So I think the first one is communication. Talk to your kids. Talk to your kids. And I know you can't monitor them all the time, but do have a look. Don't think because you can't do it all the time that not doing it at all, all is okay. So step in there, have a look and talk to your kids. Keep the, keep the communication about how much more dangerous it is going um, through this time. So step number one is talk to the kids. Secondly, um, revisit your privacy settings on your kids' accounts and have a look through with them and check those locations. Really important. Yeah, absolutely. And totally agree with you. And try and find something fun to do with your kids online and offline. And um, offline. Yeah, yeah, how's you know? You know, it's great fun. <laughs> <laughs> I don't play card games at all. I'm that kind of stuff. <laughs> it's been wonderful talking to you again, Tricia, and we will catch Thanks, up Leanne. again, um, you know, a couple of weeks down the track or so and see how things are going then because everything's changing all the time. Yeah. Um, and it'll be, and a lot of the companies are coming up with all kinds of new platforms to try and deal with all of this. You know, there's new video chat platforms being announced all the time. Google just announced mm -hmm. that they're going to make Google Meet free. 
um, right. to compete with this platform, which is Zoom. Um, so, you know, there's going to be some interesting stuff happening and um, hopefully our, our kids and our families are going to be able to use this technology with more equity and and safer and have a, have a happier time of it. So, um, Tricia, yeah. if people want to find out more about you and your courses, what have you got coming up and where can they find out more info? Um, so we've got a website, eyesopensocialmedia.com.au. We've also got uh, Facebook. I'm terrible on Instagram, but it's Eyes Open Social Media Safety on uh, Facebook. And I'm pretty lazy on Instagram. I post there every once in a while, Eyes Open Social Media. Um, and what have we got coming up? We actually have, we have the ability to do family consultations online. We do have some online courses, um, but I haven't updated them lately. So I would suggest, you know, getting in touch and actually organising something. And to be perfectly honest, I think if you're going to try and do something about it, having my attention and, or having, you know, our attention and being able to work through your needs is probably a really good idea. It's, it's um, time well spent. Um, and, yeah, yeah, we're back in schools soon and still going. So. Yeah, well, we'll see. Your yeah. school's back up there up, up in Queensland? They are, aren't they? No, not yet. Um, oh. It's all online at the moment, but I think they're talking about the end of May and, mm-hmm. um, and it's, looking, it's looking fairly positive yeah. uh, for then. So, yeah. Fingers crossed. Okay, Tricia, it's been great to chat with you. I'll put all that information up there on the uh, post when it goes up and um, we'll be speaking to you soon. Great. Thanks, Leonie. Have a a great day. Thanks. Bye. Bye.